Are you ready? Starting now? <laughs> well, now you just messed it up, you knob. God, you know that the shit that we go through for this, huh? I know. <laughs> fuckers, fuckers better appreciate it. When we started, we were just like, yeah, we're just going to do this, man. You know, shoot our wad into the wind and see what happens. <laughs> What's right. the title of this uh, podcast again? I don't know. Objects, I don't know. Something with a penis, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> our fucking faces are everywhere now. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but You're but welcome, ladies. <laughs> right. Popular with the ladies. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm not even going to apologize because I hopefully, hopefully it sounds <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, really? totally. this is this is fucking explicit now. <laughs> ah, the explicit button. Let me use my finger. <sighs> la, 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 la. It is time for another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And that episode starts now. All right, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. And I I know I always say it, but if everyone's been paying attention, or hopefully everyone's been paying attention, but you don't have to listen to just Mike and I uh, run our mouths this week. We actually have a guest, and uh, we were talking for just uh, just a couple of minutes prior. And first thing that he said is it it seems like we've been putting this off for a while, which is true. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not necessarily. One thing was just scheduling-wise, and then uh, we had to push off from from last week, which we figured out turned out to be a good thing. But um, we have Alex with us. I'm going to let him uh, introduce himself real quick. So, Alex, brief introduction, and then uh, we'll get into what we're talking about tonight, okay? All right. Well, my name is Alex Montanez, professionally known as King Roach, and uh, I'm an artist. I'm an entrepreneur. I document my sobriety on a blog called dominatetheglobe.com. And it's been quite a journey. (laughs) (laughs) I I like the fact that you laughed when you said that. And just just so you know, Alex, what we'll we'll end up doing, we'll have, uh, and I've been doing it in the the promos this week, and I'll do it in the promos, uh, not only in the episode, but also the promos this coming week. Um, We'll have the link to your website and all that stuff in there and your Instagram, so to make sure that people can follow you. So like I was saying when we when we first started off, um, and again, I appreciate your patience in, in us actually getting this set up. Um, obviously, we were looking forward to it, but um, I know it took a little bit to, to get you on here. And we really don't have a uh, <laughs> format, but Mike, you do the best at uh, explaining what we're going to do here tonight. So. Yeah, basically, well, we want to get to know you. You know, we want to, you know, hear a little about your story and all that good stuff. But what we don't want is a drunk log. We know how to get fucked up. We know how to fuck up our lives and fuck up the lives of everybody around us. We want to hear about the solution, man. So, you know, tell us about yourself, where you come from and all that. But again, we know how to get fucked up. We want to know how to stay sober. All yeah, right, definitely. Well, and uh, and just real quick, Alex, we want to make sure, too, that uh, for, for you to talk about what you're doing now, that's the huge part of it. And actually, Mike's point, you know, the the global domination thing and all that stuff and any information you want to get out, we want to be able to, to focus on promoting what you're doing now, too. OK. All right. All right. So um, I'm from Bushwick, Brooklyn, born and raised. Um, I'm not too far from there now. I live in Greenpoint, but um, I grew up in the church and. 
being in a religious household, I, I've come to identify a lot of things the moment I started writing about my life, which came through sobriety, and I'll get to that. But for the most part, because my family was so divided, religious and non-religious, I grew up on the religious side. So they kind of entrusted me to the church and, and they just kind of gave them the authority over me. So from that point, I, I just felt like it was a classic case of overcompensating all the time. I felt invisible. So because I felt invisible, I grew up wanting to be famous. And the moment that I started performing music, which I, I started writing music when I was young, but once I started like playing shows in New York City, that's when the drinking started. Sure. And when you're in that environment all the time, I was playing a lot. So I would never start a show without a drink. It, it became ritual. And for the longest time, pursuing this career was the only thing that I had on my mind. Like, I, I never thought that I would be married with a family, even though I, I am those things now. But in the beginning, it was all about being rich and famous. Hmm. So putting myself in that environment basically kept a drink in my hand all the time. And I, I just confused confidence with being drunk. So in every aspect of my life, the moment the shows stopped getting booked, the drinking kept going. And, you know, there, there's been a lot of ups and downs, but when COVID hit, like I, I hit the bottom because I had nothing else to do but drink. So I was starting to drink, you know, from nine in the morning. And I just, I hit a wall, man. I hit a wall and I, I couldn't take it anymore. It was just, it was a matter of, I was going to stop drinking or I was going to die. Yep. And once I made that choice, I just had to start taking it day by day. So it's literally been day by day. Like when, when I talk to people about the fact that I'm sober, I, I feel like a lot of the people around me, you know, bless them, but they don't understand how hard it is to be sober. Right. Because this, it, the shit is everywhere. <laughs> and, and I'm in Brooklyn. So just in my radius, within a 10 block radius, there's at least... 12 bars, two right. liquor stores. Every deli sells beer. And I was a beer guy. So once I stopped drinking, it took a while for me to, you know, want to document my life. And I, I, it started out as a project <clears throat> that I wanted to do just so that my daughter understood what I did with my life in case anything happened to me. And the more I started writing, the more things just started to click. Like everything from the past started to make sense. I started to see that every bad thing that happened to me, that story started with a drink. Right. So once I started putting all those pieces together, I, I, I want to say I got my life back. Like I, I've achieved things that, you know, while I was intoxicated every day, seemed like a pipe dream. <laughs> right. And it's only been through sobriety. So when my people see me on Instagram and they see me that, you know, I may not be as social as I used to be. That's because I'm working. I'm keeping myself distracted. Like I, I rather overwork than just sit around and, and wonder what life would be like if I had another drink. 
So that's where I'm at right now. I think things in my life are amazing. And for the first time in a long time, like I wake up appreciative of my <laughs> life. Like, I, right. And I, I've never had that before. Before it was always, oh, I'm not rich. I'm not famous. Yeah, right, right. I need more. Yeah, it's, 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 that's our problem, man. Yeah. We want more always. We don't sit there and we're not grateful for the things that we have. So that that to me that that's been the biggest, and you know, in the entertainment aspect, dominate the globe, global domination productions, my company, all that is amazing. But it's therapy for me to write about what I'm dealing with every single day. And in a way, it, you know, it's entertaining to people, but at the same time, it's more valuable to me as just a diary, just to document what's happening with me every single day, what I'm feeling, right. what I was thinking about, what I got accomplished. And I'm able to see on screen, like, if you look at all the stories that I wrote before I got sober, they're all grim. It's all like shadows, silhouettes and me standing in a corner because I was fucked up. <laughs> and nope. and now it's just like, oh, man, I was just with this person. I was just at this festival, you know, and I, I feel like I'm living again. And I didn't think I could get that. I thought I was too lost. And a lot of people think they're too lost. And that's the problem. Yeah, absolutely. So you, said, you said you got sober during the pandemic. What's your I mean, just, you know, to get it out there for everyone. What's your sobriety date? I. I got crazy during the pandemic (laughs) (laughs) that that's when i lost it that's when i was drinking all the time i i got sober march 1st 2022 so i just hit like 510 days or something like that okay nice yeah and go ahead no i was just gonna say that uh um i it's a I was going to say, well, yeah, I was just going to say it. It's a, it's a common story. There's a lot of people that um, there were people that were, you know, maybe problematic drinkers, you know, prior to or on that verge, you know, what people call, quote unquote, gray area drinking, you know, prior to the pandemic that, um, you know, kind of went off the rails because to your point, they had nothing better to do. If if I were still drinking during the pandemic, but I mean, I ended up, I mean, Mike did too, but mm. you know, he was working the entire time and so was I, um, but um, <laughs> who knows where my life would have been had I still been drinking, you know, my, my job situation might not have been the, the same as it was. I, I guarantee it wouldn't have been, but there's also other people that, you know, went off the rails for a little bit and then got sober during the pandemic, which again, I, I think that's, that's kind of crazy, you know, only from the fact crazy in a good way, because it's, you know, that, that isolation and stuff like that, that people were able to do it. But the, the other thing that you said, which, um, which kind of hit with me, you said that, you know, obviously all the, all the things that you're doing now, you know, number one, starting off with trying to document it for your, for your daughter and stuff like that, which I think is super cool. And then, um, you know, obviously just using what you're doing as a, as a form of therapy, it just made me think of it when, well, two things, when, um, when Mike and I started this, it was, it was on a whim and, you know, it was, it was for ourselves. It was very selfish and we just wanted to get together and talk, uh, you know, but it was, we didn't necessarily call it therapy, but we called it is in a sense, but you know, it's part of our, it became part of our recovery process. So that that's the one thing. And then when, when you said, as far as recording it, you know, and obviously that, you know, recording these things for your, for your daughter, there, there's some episodes that we've recorded and, and a couple that I know Mike's real proud of and I am too, that our, our mom passed away in October. And I'm sorry um, to hear that. 
Well, thank you. It, it's a, I appreciate that. It's, she had this long drawn out illness and it just kind of came to a head at the end of October. Um, uh, but we did, uh, an episode that Friday after she passed and then kind of a follow-up to the one after that. And those two episodes, um, I'm super proud of because I don't know, I mean, talking about what we went through and, and, you know, kind of telling people that, Hey, you know, you can get through anything if you got, you know, some sort of a process in place and a program in place, but it's, I never would have had the opportunity to, to be able to relive that if I want to and listen back to that. And, you know, so I never lose track of, of how I felt and what I did, you know, and it just, it's kind of cool to have that. I mean, we have that now, you know, cause we have all these stories out there and it's, it's cool to, to, to know that we've got some of this stuff documented and, Maybe some of this stuff, Mike, we, we don't want to have documented, but <laughs> yeah. fucking, fucking, we said it anyhow. <laughs> right. You know, with me, everybody didn't, you know, it, it didn't make sense to everybody until recently. So my entire life, I've always filmed myself just doing dumb shit, whatever it was, you know, <laughs> music, you're trying to make a movie, whatever it was. So I had all these videos all these mp3s of old recordings and they were just kind of sitting around so i'll just backtrack a little bit my dad passed in 2020 okay sorry and to hear that thank you and when he died it was soon after that that me and my brother we was just kind of looking at each other and was like yo if we're gonna do anything like with our lives <laughs> we got to do it now <clears throat> So that's when we started Global Domination Productions. Before that, I had so many like just cheap one day companies that I would put together just to, you know, freelance some graphics. And I had always, for the mo for lack of a better phrase, I had always been poor. <laughs> so I had to <laughs> learn all of these different trades in order to even compete in the industry. So with music, you know, it wasn't just about music. I had to learn graphic design so I can do my own covers. I learned, you know, web design so I can design my own stuff. I learned, you know, how to engineer music and how to mix and master. So all these things I had in-house. And I never had like a true platform to just kind of put everything out there. So when we started Global Domination Productions, it was kind of on the heels of my dad's death, but my dad had a lot of demons. So when I decided like I was going to go all in with this company, I didn't let go of the demons. Like I, I brought those demons with me. So for the first few years of running this company, I was a complete alcoholic and it was basically affecting every single business decision that I was making. And even beyond that, like when, when the industry is so intertwined with your life, like this, idea of success because this to me it started as a kid when i saw bill and ted's bogus journey <laughs> one of my favorite <laughs> movies of all time <laughs> when they go in the time machine and they get back to battle of the bands and they start shredding that that kiss song <laughs> like I, I fell in love with the idea of the pop i'm a wrestling guy so the the crowd pop that's what i dedicated my whole life to, to chasing mm -hmm. so everything that i wanted was for the pop so once we started getting in line with the business and all those demons that, you know, I brought with me started affecting everything that I was doing, that's when the company stopped mattering. That's when everything stopped mattering. And it just became a downward spiral. And right. then um, 
and then somebody you know somebody that i know i don't want to get too detailed it's in the blog but uh somebody that i know became a hollywood superstar so watching that it was one day i was here with my daughter watching a movie and i see his name across the screen and it's like holy shit he's like he he was right there with me all these years and i was so caught up in the idea of making it that i forgot to master any craft right, <laughs> right. So, when, so when did you actually start the company was that back in 2020 that was 2020 yeah okay so before that you know i was in radio for over a decade i was on am you know when me and my boy so i'll backtrack a little bit I'll t- story time you guys look like music guys so you might appreciate the story yeah i dabbled a bit when i was yeah. younger yeah i was gonna say mike's mike's got some music stories himself too <laughs> <laughs> so when i started performing it was all singer songwriter stuff just me and my guitar and i was just going out to different cafes different bars and I would play these records. But when I first started in music as a teenager, it was doing covers. So growing up, you know, covers was always a part of the routine. One of the bands that I would always cover was Incubus. So whenever I sang Incubus, people would always tell me, yo, you sound just like Brandon Boyd. So I started covering Incubus. Whenever I post like YouTube videos, I'll do a little Incubus. Whenever I was doing live shows, people would request re- request Incubus songs. And it got to a point where a band from Long Island, mind you, I'm in Brooklyn. So these older guys in Long Island retired already. They was just, you know, in the tribute scene because in Long Island, the tribute scene is the music scene. Hmm. So when they brought me out there, we started an Incubus tribute. We became a headlining band really quickly, like within a month of rehearsing because I already knew all the records. And so did they. We just had to gel together. Once I got thrown into that scene, I was a monster on stage with the drinking because I felt like I was living out this dream. Like I was, I was an incubus. You know, there's a movie, <laughs> there's a movie with, uh, with Mark Wahlberg where he's like a tribute singer and then something happens uh-huh. to the real. I felt like that was me. Right. So I'll fast forward. We, we killing it on all these stages, but you know, it starts getting to a point where I'm getting sick of the comparisons and all that. All right. So we go to the Soho Apple store for a free show. Me and my brother, I had all these flyers printed up and it was going to be a, a, an enormous thing. I was going to hand out all these morning view flyers promoting our next gig. And we just so happened to land on the place in the line where Incubus was entering the, uh, the venue. So I, I, I hand them flyers. We got this all on video. It's all on the blog. So I'm on like cloud nine. We go inside. Everybody's going crazy. iTunes is recording this show. And in between songs, in between performances, everybody's yelling something out. So me, I'm buzzed because I had a few drinks. I yell out Morning View Tribute. And somebody like five feet away from me yelled out, be original. Hmm. So in that moment, everybody in the room started to laugh. Mm -hmm. I'm sure even Incubus laughed. (laughs) And it was such a crushing moment. Like I walked away from that and I wanted to do something completely original that no one could ever make me do that again. Make me feel that way. Right. Right. That's when we started. But in Roadshow, me and my boy, we started a radio show. I was heavy. I had just gotten, you know, expelled from the church officially 
because I was pursuing this dream. And you can't do that when you're Jehovah's Witness. So going down the rabbit hole, I started to just put everything into this podcast. So we started a podcast back in 2012 before it was really mainstream. And within a month, we were getting, you know, written about by different platforms. Within a few months, I was booking celebrities on the show. And I was doing this all from my living room. So that, again, if you all this is documented on the blog, because I just had all this shit, you know, in in folders. So I had to list it chronologically and write the stories out to explain exactly what the hell happened. Because during every episode, especially the early episodes of Bud and Rose Show, you could hear how fucked up I was. You could hear every bottle that I was opening. And that was like a constant theme throughout my entire career. And I never could recognize that. Right. I could never see that. Everybody would tell me, yo, you drinking crazy, bro. I'm like, nah, bro. Because <laughs> it, it, it became so, it became such a dependency. I couldn't be King Roach without being fucked up. Right. I thought I wasn't entertaining. I was just, you know, the antisocial guy. I like being in the dark. I, I like playing, you know, retro video games and watching classic wrestling. I cried when Hulk Hogan came out and they gave him a standing ovation. That's the kind of person that I am. I can't be in the same crowds that I was in when I was drinking all the time. Right. So uh, one of the things that I've had to battle a lot with is the fact that I love people so much, especially the people in my story. But I have to love them from far now. And that kills me. It's like I, I can't just go see my people no more because most of the time they just doing what they got to do. And they've always done that. And I could never tell nobody, yo, you don't don't do that around me. <laughs> right. Because right. I'm not that person. But I, at the same time, everybody got to understand now that I'm clear minded, now that I'm King Roach without the alcohol. Now I'm doing things that we said we was going to do 10 years ago. That should have been done 10 years ago if I would have made this decision earlier. So the more that I write in this blog, the more that I, that I, I, I reach these new plateaus in my life, the more I look at that past life with disgust. It's like, I don't look at drinking anymore and be like, damn, I wish I could get for, I don't, I don't think like that no more. I can't. Right. Yeah. I got too much going for me. <laughs> and I wish that everybody could just wake the fuck up because there's a reason there's liquor stores on every corner right if everybody was activated come on we'd be living in a different world <laughs> yeah and we've we've actually talked about that uh, I mean off and on quite a bit you know Mike Mike and I have and uh, you know the the thing of it is it and and you always say it about the bar stool, Mike, right? Can't do what with a bar stool? Drag drag we somebody. Cannot out, right? drag them off of bar stools. That's not <laughs> mine. That's the big book, man. <laughs> right. Well, I said you say it. I didn't say you. I, I should be clear on that stuff. <laughs> Mike, literally, it, it, if you've listened, it, anyone who's listened to us for even a couple of minutes, we we say it all the time. We're completely honest. There's not an original word that comes out of our mouth for the most part. You know, if they're personal stories, that's fine. But all these little quotes and things that we have and things that we know, um, you know, we've absorbed and or stolen from, from other people mm-hmm. in a good way. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, it's the, it's the thing of it is. And then, you know, I look back at 
both of us were in our 40s. Mike was 43. I was 41. Um, we had different paths from where we came from, you know, and different people and that sort of thing, but literally had kind of like the, the same trajectory. He used drugs. I didn't, but we ended up in the same place, you know, and, and both of us, I know, have had, had looked back and it's like, God damn, you know, and the, the certain points that we've talked about it on here that, uh, you know, things that we could have accomplished, but didn't. Uh, but then again, you know, if you, if you think about it and we're huge proponents of this thought is that all of these things that we went through, uh, regardless of what they are, uh, you know, the, all the alcohol abuse, all the, all the tragedies, all the missed opportunities, all those things we can actually use now in either a platform like this, or we can use it trying to help out a buddy of ours or whatever it is. I mean, these, these tragedies, if you want to call them that in our lives, you know, actually turn out to be, to be assets, right, Mike? You know, absolutely. Yeah. All the shit we went through has value now because we can use it to help somebody else. You know, that's why when I look at my blog, it's such a blessing for me personally, because my family can see this. Right. You know, it's just beyond. I've gotten messages from people, especially overseas. There was a recent message that I got from someone in Australia that said how inspired she is because she saw it through. I used the quit drinking app to kind of track my sobriety. That's how I was able to stop because before, you know, I tried so many different times and it was always an excuse to drink. I would always find an excuse to drink. Mm -hmm. I remember one of the last things I did, I convinced my wife to let me do the, uh, I called it the W plan. And it was just the, the weekends and Wednesdays. And it, just started, <laughs> it started out as the weekends, but I couldn't make the whole five days without a drink. No. Then I added the Wednesdays. And then she didn't realize that I was going outside on Mondays and Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and just chugging tall cans while I'm smoking a cigarette before I come back upstairs. Mm -hmm. So right. you you do the dumb shit when you when you just vibrate on on a low frequency and yeah I could take all these stories and and make them entertaining and and make them you know digestible for people in a, in in terms of content creation and stuff like that but in essence what this is doing for me is just allowing me to see what the hell I did and avoid doing it again mm -hmm. and it's right. as simple as that if you could see what you did. And you can see where you fucked up. You won't do it again. And, and you know, the, the thing of it is, and you're going to notice, you're going to get more, um, you'll get more messages, you know, from, from folks like that in, in Australia. And you're going to get, you know, there's going to be people that'll, that'll start walking up to you and, um, you know, asking you kind of vague questions. <laughs> so uh, what, what did you do? And what have you been up to? And they start asking different things. And they're like, you're a totally different person that I saw from a year ago and then two years ago and then 10 years ago. And you're going to get those people that this whole thing. And Mike and I were, uh, we, we both went through and are still involved in uh, the whole 12 step process, you know, living through those principles and that sort of thing. But uh, we, we see and, and completely understand that, you know, there's other folks out there, you included, and a number of people that we've talked to on here and that I follow on Instagram that get sober in different ways. And it, and it doesn't matter. And Mike always puts it the best way about, you know, um, if as long as you're, you know, being a better person and not hurting people. Right, Mike? What does it matter yeah, how you do absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't care. as long Exactly. You're being a better person and you're making, as I always say, your little corner of the world a better <laughs> place, man. I don't give a fuck how you're doing it as long as you're doing it. Right. And, then, and that's the thing. So, you know, that, um, 
you know, you, you've got this whole thing that you're doing, which, you know, not only is gratifying, but helping you, you know, obviously in your recovery program, but I'm, I'm telling you, you know, you're going to start seeing people um, and hearing from people and that sort of thing that the, it's going to seem like the, you know, almost like the, the sideline, you know, effect is going to be that you're going to help people whether you want to or not, but it's that <laughs> the, it's the ripple effect, you know, we didn't necessarily, and again, when we started this <laughs> podcast, we understood that telling stories is important because, you know, you go to a meeting or something like that. And that's the point. You tell stories and you share stories, you know, but we didn't have any, any clue that, you know, non-drinkers and, and certain people and people of all different age groups and, you know, genders have been listening to us and we get some of these messages, not a lot, but the ones that we get are, um, they're heartfelt and they're really cool, you know? And, you know, I, I feel like I do have to give credit to growing up in the church for being able to speak publicly because right. they kind of trained me for that. They put me on stage when I was a kid. But um, I recently wrote a book. Like, a lot's been happening for me because now when I wake up in the morning, it's not, you know, what do I have to do within the next week? I'm, what do I got to do in the next hour? Right. And, and I, I take every hour like that. I, I can't just be still. I have ADHD and I didn't even realize that until I got sober because all the time <laughs> right. I just thought I was drunk and, and scattered. <laughs> so now I'm able to harness the ADHD. I'm able to have just enough projects that I just have a batting lineup. And whenever I get bored of something or I can't do it anymore, I'll just jump to the next thing. So with this book that I just wrote, it's called Change Your Mind, A Guide to Dreaming. And I, I wanted to start doing public speaking events to talk about sobriety and talk about the effects that it has on dreamers and, and just chasing uh, dreams in, in the industry, whether it's you know, with music and film, I've seen alcohol take people out completely, right? <laughs> over and over. And I want to start speaking to that on, on a public forum. So this book that I have, it's available on Amazon, but there's a direct link on, on dominatetheglobe.com. It's just, it's the process that I was able to identify within myself since getting sober on identifying what dreams I actually had because you know, for the longest time, it was always just making it. That was always the thing. I just had to make it. You can't just make it if you don't have a target. So, <laughs> right. I, I just kept throwing darts, but there was no dartboard. Right. It was, just, it was going all over the wall. So now I'm just hyper targeted on different things. So one of the things that I wanted to do, I hear somebody yelling in the hallway. My bad. <laughs> well, here, here's here's the thing. So again, if you've listened to us, and everyone everyone that's listened to us for a bit knows it, um, we had fireworks. What was that? A few episodes ago that we had fireworks mm -hmm. on, on Mike's side of things. Um, we've had cars squealing, loud music on his end, um, thunderstorms last time. Right. Um, I'm staying at my sister's house right now because I was down here when our mom was going through her stuff. She has three dogs. They make an appearance almost oh, every man. episode. Right. Um, and, you know, there's all these different things. We had another guest with a dog that was just, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and the thing of it is, we don't care because uh, it the other we, we don't edit any any of this. Everything that comes out of our mouths is going to be on the recording. So yeah, we don't we don't cut any of it out. So yeah, I cleared my throat before and thought I had said it had it on mute. I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, there it is. So yeah, everyone, when you hear that like that cough before, that was me. I thought I hit the mute button. I didn't. No, <laughs> but that's what actually you know there, there's studies that show when people listen to podcasts, if you just act natural and feel like you're in the room talking to your friend, they'll listen mm -hmm. more. 
Right. Then right. if it's structured, like news outlets and all that, people don't want to listen to that. They want to listen to this. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't want to listen to that shit. <laughs> well, and, and Mike's Mike's favorite, Mike's, well, I want to say favorite line. It became one a part of our intro, but it was uh, like the middle of the road episode that, that we did in the middle of our first, the first year. And you could repeat the line, Mike, about the wad. Oh, yeah. You know, we started this thing, man. We shot our wad into the wind to see what fucking happens. <laughs> yeah. That was that was his statement. <laughs> he said that because we were we were doing that. We were recapping that the first, you know, like six months of episodes. And he's like, yeah, when we started this band, we're just like, we're going to shoot our wad into the wind and see what happens. And I mean, that's it's a very graphic, but perfectly visual way to put it. And mm-hmm. um, I'm like, OK, that's and that's literally what, what we did. We didn't know. You know, but um, and that's why we tried to keep there's certain things that we we try to stay a little bit on on point with some things. But um, I mean, for the most part, I mean, yeah, it's it's just just us. Whatever comes up, comes up. Conversation, man. It's all we do. We talk. That's how. But that's that's where the magic is. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Well, and um, (laughs) and actually speaking, speaking of magic, I don't know that our that our little promotion is any magic. But should we take a little break here, Mike? I believe we should. So, stay, <laughs> I, hey, man, you know what? It's been a long motherfucking week. Um, <laughs> stay tuned for more of this nonsense right after this word from our sponsor. Hey, everyone. It's your friends at Sober, Not Mature. Hi and, there. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes it's, it's both of your friends this time. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm well. How are you, Bill? I am doing well, but we do, we do have a purpose. Uh, we, we actually usually talk about uh, our one website, but we actually have two websites now. So two, we to, two websites in one. <laughs> All right. So, so everyone knows we still have the podcast website that is www.sobernotmature.com uh-huh. and we just launched the store website. So um, we also have that. Do you know what the website address is on that one, Mike? Of course I don't. <laughs> it's pretty easy, Mike. It's www.sobernotmatureshop.com. Ah. So, <laughs> but from the, the the podcast website, you can still hit the store link and get into the uh, into the web store, or you right. can access it from our Instagram page through the highlights. Uh, we've been posting quite a bit of, about it, and we'll continue to do that. But mm-hmm. do you know what's on the second website, Mike? Um, it, well, there's a store. There are products that you can purchase for you and your loved ones. <laughs> well, Mike, do we do we still have merchandise? <laughs> we have merchandise. Well, we got T-shirts and coffee mugs and all kinds of crap. <laughs> and one of the one of the coolest parts we also do have. <laughs> All the recovery books from Hazelden, which is kind of a big deal. That um, is a least, big deal. Yeah, at least for us. So all the books that we read, God grant me, 24 hours, the big book, the 12 and 12, um, all of those books are available for sale on our website. And they once are. again, that, that store website is www.sober. <laughs> trying to help, man. <laughs> I know you are. You're not helping, though. Okay, now i got to say www.sobernotmatureshop.com. Dot so, com. Dot com. Visit that today or visit the, the podcast website, which is, again, you know the podcast website, so. Uh, com. <laughs> Did you just say sobermanotmature? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> yeah, like fucking mush mouth or something. <laughs> All right, everyone. You've suffered enough with this, and uh, we'll get back to what we were talking about previously. So visit the websites, though. 
right, everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just uh, nine times out of ten. So here's the other thing, Alex. That uh, I try to it the it, you'll you'll hear the ending when we get up to it. But going into that that break, I try to give him his space. But when he fucks up, it's really hard for me not to laugh at him. <laughs> so, and then that he can't stop, and he usually tells me to fuck off and tells me how long uh-huh. day he's had. Right. So yeah, who? Somebody called us and said we sounded like a old married couple or something like that one time. I think and it was. Uh, yeah, we we'll fuck them too. Yeah, fuck, fuck, fuck every goddamn one of them. You know, you don't like it. Fuck off. You know, uh, on the old Bud and Road Show episodes, there was this one particular episode in which I had closed a partnership with Reverb Nation. So, within a matter of a few hours, they blasted a campaign for guests to submit to be on the show to about 4 million people. So I was literally just clicking refresh all day and just watching the numbers on social media go crazy. So by the, <laughs> by the time we got uh, to broadcasting that night, was, we was broadcasting live. Right. I forgot to patch in the audio for the guests. So we did this whole <laughs> thing where I'm just celebrating and we're toasting on live on the air. And w- when we started to bring on the guests, nobody could hear them. It was just like a major blunder. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> yeah, shit like that happens all the time when you're recording. Right. Yeah, and I mean we've been we've been relatively lucky. We've had a couple of let's just call them snafus every once in a while. But um, I mean, it again, it is what it is. You know, we don't we don't edit out any any shit, and it's it's a lot more fun that way. But um, but yeah, so um, again, with your so you got your you got your company, you got your book, and that was I was going to ask you, but I'm glad you said it. So these sort of things that the book, um, obviously, what you're what you're doing with this, and we're going to keep going forward. But I just want to repeat it again: everything is on your website. Links to everything if they want to get to you and the book and everything else. So just repeat your website again for people. Yes, DominateTheGlobe.com. Perfect. And I will have that again. I'll have it in the, the description for the website or the uh, the episode, but also on the promos. But um, I, I think it's in, in Mike and I, we, we decided when we first wanted to have guests on that. I mean, yeah, we want people to talk about their stories and what they're doing sober. But but the other thing is that the coolest part about or one of the cool parts about being sober is everything that you've been talking about up to this point is, you know, what you've accomplished in a relatively short amount of time, you know, in sobriety, which is cool, you know, and things like this give people motivation that that's number one, in my opinion. But the other thing too, is that, you know, people do some really cool fucking shit in sobriety and we always want to be able to help people do that and promote it. So, um, so how did you, start this because you're on like a tour right now correct or no or just doing podcast run i, I was doing a, a little podcast run i wanted to brand it a tour because i wanted to do overseas podcasts too but uh you know everybody has a different reaction i actually got a, a few people respond to me saying i haven't been sober long enough really? and i was taken back by that because i was like you know at this point i was already more than a year sober so I'm like, that is that not considered long term? I thought three weeks was long term. It was difficult <laughs> to get past the first month without yeah, shitting right. myself. Yeah, so. there were definitely points in my life where, you know, three hours was a long fucking time between drinks. So, right. yeah, the, 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 I didn't get the reaction that I thought I would get. <laughs> I got a lot of hate. But uh, I'm glad to be on your podcast. <laughs> Well, and here's the thing when, when it comes down to it and, and we do every time we get and we have, um, passed on some, you know, some people that wanted to be on. And, and I think it's important for us to, to be a little, a little bit, um, 
I guess, particular on, on things every once in a while, because there's a few things. If, if somebody is promoting something we don't believe in, and I don't mean that it's like hate stuff or anything like that, but we had somebody that wanted to be on that was promoting a, a non-alcoholic um, thing that they're doing. And you know what? Neither one of us have, have an issue with it. If people want to drink NA beer, non-alcoholic, this and that, that's wonderful. But we, we don't do it. So we don't want to try to you know promote something that we wouldn't use or or that sort of thing, and we just figured it you know certain things like that we've just passed on, you know. But we do look at at sober time only in the sense of you know figuring okay the person is sober we want to know that you know because that's a point of this podcast. But sometimes even if somebody has been you know and again relatively new in sobriety, which is fine, um, it's. It's more so about how the person carries themselves, what they're doing, and that sort of thing, right, Mike? I mean, that quality is there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I mean, I can I can name right now on, on my hands, you know, uh, people with you know ten, twenty years sobriety, man, that they're fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and we don't want to talk to them. We, we no. don't want to talk to them on here. You know, no, nope, I don't we want were... to talk to them in real life. I'm sure so. I'm not going to talk to them on here. <laughs> right. But we were we were talking to somebody, and I can't remember who it was. Uh, it was within the last uh, couple of months. I don't remember, but the 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 one thing that, and this is my my honest to god opinion, I enjoy being around individuals that um, and and spending time and watching individuals that are somewhere between that one to three year mark in, in sobriety. And the reason for that, it's like watching, um, you know, when, and this is not meant to be a bad thing, but when you watch a, a small child that's learning something, you know, and they're super excited about it, it's the same type of thing. You have more people in one to the one to three year range um, usually have more motivation, more excitement, that more of that gleam in their eye and that sort of thing. And, and I'm not saying that I don't care about my sobriety or the Mike doesn't care about his. And again, relatively speaking, yes, we've been sober for 13 years each, but um, that's a long time, but not long, you know, compared to right. some, but yeah. there, there's the thing of it is, is that I don't have that. I'll be honest with you. I don't have the same excitement I did, you know, when I was, you know, one, two, three years sober, I also don't necessarily have to work that hard because everything that I do, and, and I know Mike's the same way, everything that we do to stay sober has just become part of our lives. It's like walking, it's like right. breathing, it's like all those sort of things. And, and part of it, you know, we do take for granted and that's the, that's the bad part, you know, but the other thing is, it's just, it's, it's embedded with us, you know, uh, which is cool, but then again, we don't have that fire in us like like folks that are you know again that one to three. So that's the other thing. You know, somebody is new, new-ish, you know, or or early in sobriety, and it is doing some of the shit that you are. Those are the people we want to talk to. <laughs> and what's I I feel like I agree with everything you just said, and I actually described it similarly on the on the blog. It's like being a kid because you got to relearn how to live. Oh, mm -hmm. for me, like <laughs> I drank every day. There wasn't a day that went by for years where I didn't have a drink. So right. just relearning the basics was difficult for me. But, um, man, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I was, I, I, that, that's like being a kid again, too. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. You know, but yeah, and it's supposed to be difficult, man. It's it's not fucking easy. It's simple, but it's not fucking easy. You know, it takes work, man. And I mean, yes, even at 13 years, we still have to work at this thing. You right. know, I, I, I plan on doing this, you know, one day at a time for the rest of my fucking life. I know I have to because if I stop doing it, 
I don't have a choice. I'm an alcoholic, man. I'm going to start drinking again. So, and if I start drinking again, I'm going to start hurting everybody around me again. I don't have a choice when it comes to that either. And I don't want to do that shit today. So I'm going to do these little simple things every day so I don't pick up that first one. Right. And just like you just said, you're an alcoholic. Yeah. You've been sober 13 years and you can still say that. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yep. what people don't understand. Is right. that once, once you admit you're an alcoholic, like mm-hmm. I, once I admitted that, there is no cutoff time to when I'm not an alcoholic. Right. <laughs> yeah, we well, don't get it's, cured. It's, it's the old li- yeah, it's the old lie, man. You know, a pickle cannot become a cucumber again. So, <laughs> right. like, I've had people, especially after I made the year mark, where I would tell people just in passing, like, "Yo, I just made a year sober. You're still mm-hmm. counting. You're not over <laughs> that yet." Like, bro, I know people that have been sober fifty years and they still count. Yeah. Right? So it's just it's hard for me. To, and that it ties into GDP TV, which I, I want to talk about too. It ties into the fact that I can't be in the same social situations that I once was just because I don't have, I guess, the patience to explain <laughs> my sobriety to people anymore. I don't have the patience to fucking be around those people anymore. <laughs> it's like, right. it's crazy. Drinking is the only thing that you have to kind of explain to people why you don't do. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate that. It's a stigma. It's like, oh, you have a problem? Yeah, I got a fucking problem. And you have a problem, too. <laughs> I love that. See, now you are our people there. <laughs> so you just got to be real. So real real nope. quick thing in this, uh, it, I went to, I was just on like a, off in this lake, lake uh, house thing for a week and got to see my kids and all that stuff. And um, we went to dinner uh, Wednesday night. I got to meet my son's girlfriend's dad and my my ex-wife was there uh, who i get along with really well her husband i get along with him uh, and my stepson who is my you know from my ex's first marriage he was there too so we're at this um bar it is called the stillery okay so and it was the food was fucking awesome i had this hamburger and these fries <laughs> it was really fucking good um but when when we walked in, you know, as first you walk in, it's by the bar, and then the huge restaurant area, more restaurant than bar, um, but definitely it's uh, you know you see on the menu like ask us about our whiskey and all whiskey signs up and this and that. I drank whiskey, <laughs> um, you know. So the lady comes up, hey, drinks for everyone. Everyone's getting um, old fashions. That's a big Wisconsin thing and all this different stuff. And I mean, everyone there knows I don't drink, so it wasn't a big deal. But, um, you know, everyone had a couple of drinks. Nobody gets weird or out of hand. Um, you know, including my kids, my son and my stepson, you know, they're all of, all of age. Everyone's being responsible. But I'm like, can I have a Diet Coke? <laughs> you know, which um, it was funny when she when she asked me, she's like, you need a, another refill? I'm like, oh, I'm good. She's like, this one's on the house. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, really? I said, fuck it. Go ahead and bring me one. You know, but uh, it's just super cool. But in that situation, it easily when i was um god probably when even maybe when i was still in cleveland mike i didn't even want to go to a bar for any reason right probably until i was like two three years sober that would have had they suggested a place to eat i would have said can we go someplace different when Mm -hmm. i was even when i was like three probably three four years sober you know it it took me it took me a minute to to get comfortable now here's the other thing though i do not i would not go into that bar by myself (laughs) <laughs> um, if I, if I was good, I would go back there for food if I was in the area, but I call ahead and I'd walk in and I would grab my food and I'd leave. You know, I don't 
I have no fucking business to be in a bar um, unless I'm with a group of people that are my family and they're safe and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, but it's a, it is, it's a weird thing. Cause I, and I thought about that cause you were talking about being around different people. Um, I don't hang around with the same group of people, friends and stuff like that, that I used to, you know, hang with. Um, but everyone and you know, Mike's part of our family. So just about everyone in our family, not everyone, but a majority of them drink responsibly and they can handle themselves and as mike mm. says get up and take care of the kids in the morning so <laughs> fucking weirdos i know yeah fucking weirdos <laughs> I, I mean it's, it's different when they can't handle themselves right <laughs> right yeah. but then it's a whole different situation oh absolutely yeah i mean you know i i'm still friends on facebook with you know a bunch of people from my past and stuff but there's no way in hell i'm hanging out with those people i'm just right. not you know, I have no desire to. I mean, they're great people and they do what they do. And, you know, they're my age and older and, you know, a little younger, some and whatever. But again, you know, they're living their lives and it's great. But they still do what they do. And it's like, I fucking have no desire to hang out with those people. I've got friends now that, you know, that are sober. And th those are the people I hang out with when I hang out with people, which isn't real often. <laughs> and you one know. thing, one thing that I do daily is meditation music. Mm. I listen to meditation music all day long while I work. Right. And to me, I get to view my life. It's almost like having, I said this on another podcast too. It's almost like having an out of body experience every day. Mm -hmm. Because when I put certain frequencies and I listen for long enough, you know, I, I'm zoned out in my work. Right. It's almost like I leave my body and I see myself doing all these things and I'm able to judge what I'm doing. I'm able to see things that I wouldn't be able to see first person view. Mm -hmm. And it's allowed me to just transcend all the distractions that used to consume me on a daily basis. Right. Social media, like I still do social media. It's a, it's an addiction, too, that you got to kick, too. Like <laughs> oh, It's, yeah, a, it's absolutely. a big addiction, too. But it's also necessary for business right now. Right. So when you're in this industry, especially as content creators, you got to constantly be out there. I see you guys constantly posting right. on the social media channels. You guys know that there's a lot of work to be done. Oh, yeah. And, and a lot of that forces us to interact in ways that we wouldn't normally interact with people. But for me, I mean, it all comes back to just using this platform that I have to inspire anybody who is willing to go and visit it. Like, you know, initially when I first put the blog up and it's a membership platform too. So you, you know, you need a VIP account. Then I made the VIP accounts free. You just got to, <laughs> you know, make an oath, say that you're going right. to quit drinking, use the code, quit drinking, and you get the account free for lifetime. So you could track my day to day if it helps you get sober. And that to me is like, that's better than any social media, million followers, likes, all that shit. If somebody, right. just one person come up to me and say, yo, I read something that you wrote and that shit changed my life. That is all the validation I will ever need. That's the pop that I've been chasing. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, again, that's why we're doing this shit, man. Right. One fucking person gets something out of this. We've done something good and that's all that matters. And it was, uh, it, it's still, it's because literally in, in Mike, 100% honestly admitted when we started this that he had zero expectations none none 
And I, I did, <laughs> I had, I had like, Oh, let, let's see. And then I get excited about it. And I, and you know, I'm starting, I'm, I'm watching numbers. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And then, um, you know, finally, uh, again, it's, and that's another thing we talked about on that, like that six month, you know, Mark is that, you know, we had started to hear from again, people who are non-alcoholic, no, not problem drinkers, no issues whatsoever that are getting something out of it because, you know, it's helping them in their normal lives. We're getting some messages. We're getting these different things. And it's like, shit, man, you know, that's, you're right, man. That's, I like the way you put that too. That's the pop, <laughs> you know, but, and it is, I mean, it's that we have, if, here's the other thing, if we, if Mike and I did not have fun doing this, we wouldn't do it. And we've already, nope. we've already said that, you know, and even if we knew we were helping people, whatever, if we weren't enjoying ourselves, cause that would take away the point. I think people could tell if we were just fucking mailing this in and it wouldn't, then we wouldn't reach anyone. Nobody would listen anyhow. So why fucking do it? You know? Uh, but you've got to have a little bit of, uh, again, that passion, that enthusiasm, something, some reason to even bring yourself up to a, you know, a microphone every Friday night. And Mike has said it plenty of times. And there's been times, shit, even tonight, you know, I had a wonderful week, super fucking relaxing, but I got, I got back at like, I don't know, four 30 and picked up my pizza on the way and I'm unloading. And I got all my, I took all my shit with me. So all my fucking shit's packed. I'm like, fuck, I get unpacked like everything just to get all my shit so I can record tonight. And then I'm getting tired after I ate and I'm like, <laughs> but, but I would never, I would never just say, you know what? Fuck this. You know, I don't feel like doing it. Well, at least not today, right, Mike? <laughs> I don't know. I'm fucking here, and uh, I was real close to it myself about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of times we'll, we'll come into this, and we're tired in life and bled it, whatever, but all that shit starts to disappear as soon as we start shooting some shit back and forth, especially yep. when we have an individual on. So um, so you mentioned something, and I'm, I don't remember the initials of, was it TV GPTV. thing? GPTV. Okay, talk about that, what you got there. So basically... Back in the day, I used to do a lot of events. I was a big event planner. And that's because I used to perform at all these different venues. I would build relationships with the owners. Then they would just give me the venue to do whatever I wanted. So back in the day, I had a film festival in the city called Sunday Night Screenings. Every Sunday, I would screen independent films from filmmakers in the area at a cafe in West Village. And it went through a lot of different variations. but. Like everything else, you know, these were things that I needed to have a drink before to, to be able to do because I just couldn't stand being in a room with everybody. So now, since getting sober, a lot of those little events like Sunday night screenings, I kind of turned to virtual reality. So I've built, you know, interactive movie theaters for Sunday night screenings is one of the platforms on GDP TV where GDP TV itself is a curation service. So under my umbrella, I have different niche experiences that are all virtual reality based. You can go in with your friends, you can interact with the content, you can interact with each other. But basically everything that I was doing back in the day with real venues, I'm doing now in the digital world. And it's all available, it's all free on dominatetheglobe.com. I have uh, Sunday night screenings, new theaters with 48 new films every week. Sundays at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Then I have Slam Global for all my wrestling fans and, you know, my, my wrestling people. We got an uh, interactive facility every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And She Loves Battle Rap, which is dedicated to my homegirl that passed away, who I wrote about in the blog. She died from cancer. So all the proceeds from that particular experience go to the American Cancer Society. 
Nice. So all of that's available on dominatetheglobe.com. So are these, so these are all movies that, you know, you've come across and then you just, you have them available to people or where, where does all the content so, come from? Basically <clears throat> when you spend a lot of time, you know, by yourself listening to meditation music, <laughs> you, you start getting ideas. So I, I basically built a series of robots that helped me do this. Okay. So I pull content. I have a, a curated pool of about, let's say I got 10,000 movies on a spreadsheet. And I run the, the spreadsheet through a series of bots that basically produce this virtual reality theater with different random movies in each screen. So uh, I believe Sunday Night Screenings has 40 screens. So every week, it's all directly from YouTube embeds. Okay. So, But when you go in the theater, it's like a video game. You control a character. You can chat with other characters. You're moving around. you got a body. And... Um, I mean, it's a crazy experience. It's, it's through the Voxels metaverse. And I hate saying metaverse because people cringe when I talk about metaverses because they don't really understand it. I don't really understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to use it, but I just don't understand it. But I, I just call it a 3D website. Right. So you go and every week there's a brand new 3D website with all these different awesome movies from independent filmmakers. And uh, the same with the uh, wrestling one. Slam Global is all the different independent wrestling promotions i got about 100 promotions on a spreadsheet maybe about fifteen thousand matches all directly from youtube so every time you play a video in the vr the content creator on youtube gets that play so you're actually helping the filmmakers nice. so it's, it's just a way of curating content and and building a, a society of my own where people can just go and congregate and uh, enjoy life without the pressures of society outside and this is, and I know you said like bots and stuff like that. So is this like tied in with all AI stuff now? Everything has been going on with all the new AI stuff? Listen, a AI, I'm surprised they haven't cloned me yet from how much <laughs> I use AI. Because <laughs> AI is my best friend right now. Everybody's scared and they should be. I'm scared of it. But it's going to kill us regardless. You might as well use it. So I, I, I'm just, I'm trying to use it to the best of my ability right now. But it's kind of tied in. I use a lot of AI for graphics and stuff like that. But right. um, this metaverse platform is just, it's its a platform in itself. These guys are based, I believe, in Switzerland or Sweden, one of those. It's definitely overseas. They got a small team, developers, and it's available on desktop and mobile. You can go on your phone and it's still like a 3D video game. Nice. The shit is pretty crazy when you go inside. You can tour the, the facility with an Oculus VR headset. But you can't play any of the content because nothing's clickable. You could just tour it. Right. But that all that capability is coming soon. I'm just trying to build a place. And I've been promoting this a lot to people on the Quit Drinking app because a lot of people want to go to the movies, but they don't want to go outside. Right. And <laughs> I'm just like, yo, go to the movies in VR. We're here. You can actually see other people walking around watching the movies, too. So it's crazy. Well, you know, the, the whole AI stuff, and uh, it was my... And, and obviously I'm not, I'm not blind and, and deaf and I'm not under a rock. So, I mean, I've been hearing about it for months, but uh, my son-in-law and I were talking about it, uh, I don't know, a few months ago. And he was telling me how he was using, he's a, he's a manager at a restaurant and he's been using it. Uh, and I talked to him a little bit more about it this, this past weekend, but he was using it at one point, not really for a scheduling, but um, what he'll do is uh, he's, he's using it now because he, he's the manager of the kitchen at this, again, the small Italian restaurant. He'll have these, he'll, he knows what he wants to make, but he's trying to figure out the way to put it together. So he's using AI to help him with his recipes. 
So he's putting all these ingredients in and what, what he wants. And it, it puts out this nice little, you know, this recipe for him. He said, it's, it's fabulous. And what I've been doing with, uh, cause I'm trying to do a coaching thing on the other, the other side of things. And, um, I, things that we talk about on here and some ideas that I had. And so I'm trying, I'm starting to write articles, you know, to get content on our website, but also content on LinkedIn. And, and I know what, what I want to write about. So I've been using AI for that. I'll put it in, you know, write an article about this so I can get the outline, you know, and if I run across a word that I don't know, or if it doesn't make sense, or it's not something I don't believe in, I don't just copy and paste this shit and post it. So if anyone's reading my stuff, believe me, AI is helping me a ton, you know, but it's my, I'm making sure that it's in my, in my words and I understand what everything's going on. But the point is, is that it's building this whole outline for me. And all I have to do is, you know, kind of like molded into, into my own. It's been crazy. So the difference in what might take me three hours to get all these words and do all the research and get it down in a format I want will take me an hour. You know, if that it's, it's crazy. Trust, trust me with AI, I would not have been able to write my entire life story in the amount of time that I did. If I didn't use AI, I use a lot of AI, but, um, one of the things that I think that people fear is they know that all this information is being stored somewhere Mm -hmm. and they'll tell you in certain aspects, like there's the open AI playground where they say at the bottom, you know, we're not using this to teach the model. I think that's (laughs) bullshit too. (laughs) So I I, I think we just have to accept that Skynet is here. It's not going anywhere. And uh, we just got to make the most of it now because it is a tool that you can literally get anything done. Right. And once you realize that you're just hard, you're doing what Steve Jobs did. Steve Jobs wasn't there coding. He was walking around the room telling people what to code. So when you have that kind of power with AI that you're not kind of yelling at people, you're yelling at a computer like, yo, I need this done this way. Then you can start really just maximizing the value of every day. I use AI every day to get tasks done, to build bots that automate my process, to do all these different things that help all the different companies that I work with. And it's only now that kind of technology is caught up with the ambition. So it all ties into the fact that if I wasn't able to do all of these things and be so engulfed in my process of creation and just growing my my path in the industry, then I'll still be on the stoop drinking. Right. I'll still be fuck if if I, if they only had Nintendo with Super Mario 3, I might <laughs> still be drinking. Because you need to constantly we live in a society where everybody's always distracted and we are too. And I've had to identify that. It's not just drinking that was an addiction. My phone is always in my hand. Right. So I I did, I get neck cramps from always looking down at my phone like it's a problem if you can identify the problem then you can work with the problem to create a solution so yeah we have ai we don't have a reason to be scared because trust me ai is doing things that we can't even possibly fathom right now it's it's (laughs) not going to take your little sentence and clone you (laughs) well it might put some money in your pocket well, and with the, um, I mean, the internet, uh, I mean, when, when the internet first evolved, I mean, I, I, I remember the same type of thing, you know, and, you know, you take even like somebody like Google and, um, you know, Facebook and any type of social media and stuff like that. Um, I mean, granted, 
any piece of technology used in the wrong the wrong way, um, you know, can can be problematic. And there's there's people out there doing fucked up things with AI, but they've been doing fucked up things, and, and now they're just doing it faster. <laughs> yeah, you, you got they, they're putting the 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 fake scanners on every uh, on every payment system. When you go to the gas station now, you got to check when you scan in your card to pay for something because they're putting fake ones on top and stealing right. people's identities, stealing yep. people's cash. You know, two of my family members got hacked by scammers in the past month and a half. In the past month and a half. Right. So, you know, there's always going to be evil. But this shit can do good. It can help you expedite your process. It can help you, you know, save time so you can spend more time with your family. As right. opposed to being stuck in front of a computer trying to write out something. Listen, just get the basics down. And then walk around like Steve Jobs did. Well, and there was uh, when our our niece graduated from college uh, from Purdue back in May, and the the entire um, commencement address by the president of Purdue was about AI. And uh, it was when he first started talking about it. It's kind of like it's kind of I wasn't say wouldn't say weirded out by it. I was kind of surprised by it because he was talking a lot about the government and saying, oh, if the government gets involved, we don't want this, but we don't want this and don't want that. He brought it all around that basically his his bottom line message was is that um, the school, the university, understands the technology. They're working on it. They have classes that teach people about it. Um, they're on the edge, you know, the cutting edge with everyone else, and they're going to use it. But his point, which I thought was pretty cool, he said with any piece of technology, he said, if, if it will save you time, he said, the key there is what are you doing with that extra time? He said, hopefully what, what this technology will do is people that were spending hours on the, on these, you know, I don't want to say meaningless, but, uh, you know, these tedious tasks, super tedious, yeah, reducing their, their time, maybe down to only a few hours versus eight. And now with that additional four to five hours, then that's when they can get out there and do stuff for people and help people and make real change and all those sort of things. So, you know, kind of bringing that back around is that, you know, so if if you and I and Mike and any other sober individual is using some of this technology, hopefully what that does is give us an opportunity to get out there and, you know, do better things. You know, I don't have to sit there. You don't have to sit there with a neck cramp and your, you know, with your face in your phone. I don't have to sit over, you know, slouched over a computer all day. You know, maybe I could I could do something, you know, different and, and better or help somebody else. But but I don't know. I mean, that's the. That's been that's been our key from from the start, right, Mike? I mean, we've always been told that if all else fails, you know, try to help somebody else, right? Absolutely. <laughs> See, that, was, that was me trying to bring you, know, you back back in. I know, the man. I, I fucking a man. You know, I zoned out. <laughs> No, I know. I see. And I, I know so him. I have, so. these, I have these piles of paper here that are bound together. They're called books. <laughs> well, and here, here's what's funny, Alex. As I'm a you, Luddite, man. I'm a fucking Luddite. I don't deal with any of this shit. I'm happy. And there's, and there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But but Alex, while you and I were talking about that, and, and Mike does, so I've got all my recovery books on my phone. I did it when I traveled and whatever. It doesn't matter why. I just do. He's got the regular books, and he, he listens to CDs rather than stream stuff. He's extremely Extremely mm-hmm. old school on that, which I think is super cool. You know, and there's nothing there's I would never, you know, the only thing I said, I'm like, have you tried? He's like, nope. I'm like, cool. Do you want to? Nope. Cool. <laughs> nope. You know, no, I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I love that more than I love what I do. I know. I didn't <laughs> have to do what I do. 
Well, and that's and that's the thing. So the social media part of it, and and Mike and I joke about this. Well, he jokes about it more than more than I mm. do because I don't care. But he always says that with this podcast, the only thing he does is show up and in, in you know in front of a microphone, which crack the microphone, man. That's what I do. Yeah. And I mean, technically, yes, okay. But Mike and I work together. We talk about things. This shit doesn't happen without him and me together. That's it. And it doesn't it doesn't matter if um, if I'm handling our social media, I do take the time that, you know, I handle putting the podcast stuff together, you know, and like guests and stuff like that. These are the things that I'm kind of built for because I've done it forever, you know, and I don't mind doing it. I like doing it. He doesn't. And I know that. <laughs> and but the thing of it is, um, again, when he and I get in front of a couple of microphones, it doesn't matter what happens on the outside. This is what we this is. This is the thing that that matters, you know, the work outside of it. And I've got everything down to a, a relative science and it doesn't matter. But I yeah, that I do. I saw him. I saw your mute going on and off through what Alex and I were talking. <laughs> and I was about to say, like, fuck it, Alex, man, we lost him. But I did. I tried. Yep. Was that smooth when I tried to that bring you back in? That was pretty smooth. You that didn't was. wake me back up. So there you go. <laughs> yes. And I, I did. I'm trying to like, in my head, I just like, keep talking until you can figure this out. Keep talking. I'm like, oh, I could do this to bring it back in. So you know, <laughs> your story together is nearly identical to me and my boy's story when we started Button Roach, mm-hmm. in which I was co-host and producer, and he was a co-host. And alcohol drew a huge web a wedge between us. Mm-hmm. Because I, one of my biggest issues, especially, you know, back in the day was the fact that I was known more for my behind the scenes work when I was just desperate to be a star. Right. So every time, you know, the production value would increase and I would get all these accolades behind the scene. It was kind of like a, a stab because I wanted to be the guy. Right. And when I got into the industry through, you know, the company I work with now, Perfect Storm, they've been a blessing in my life. They literally saved my life. My apartment burned down. I ended up moving to Jersey, staying at headquarters for a year, learning the entertainment business. And they basically, they, they, they taught me everything that I needed to know behind the scenes. So when I started using all of this information, to propel myself as a star, it just, every drink would just bring that fight. It was a tug of war all the time. And I, I the producer in me started developing conflicts with everybody around me because they were all just stars. And I wanted to just be a star. I didn't want to have to do all the fucking work behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now I realize I'm a producer on a bunch of shows. That's what I do. Right. But alcohol didn't let me see that for a long time. And I wasted a lot of I could have been produced. I was a producer at Shade 45 at Sirius XM for a year. And I was producing some pretty amazing visuals that, again, every time I would be in a room with a celebrity, it was like a knife in my back because I wanted to be the star that was being recognized, not appreciating the fact that I was in the fucking room to begin with. Right. <laughs> so Mike. there was just a lot of things that I had to correct. And I, I glad that I was able to do it. <laughs> Mike, Mike, from now on, um, I pretty much demand that you refer to me as producer. Okay. Right, <laughs> as, long as, you, as long as you refer to me as the talent, I'm fine with that. The star. You know, guess guess what movie I just started watching the again the other night because it popped up on Netflix. 
Groundhog Day. Oh, did, no. did, he, oh man. did he just refer to himself as the talent? <laughs> 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 so um, what is what is Perfect Storm? You, you've mentioned that a couple of times. So explain what, what Perfect Storm is. So uh, Perfect Storm is a company, you know, all of this stuff is detailed in the blog because it was a lot of like just really dark shit that happened before I managed to find that place. But they're a management company to celebrities. So okay. when, when I first got there, you know, I wanted to be a star. I just I was living out of my car. I brought my computer to the <laughs> intern area and I just showed up and started working. By the end of the week, they fired the whole media department and I had a corner office on Wall Street. So immediately I got you know thrown into this mix of all these celebrities constantly coming in. But again, I was just the media guy. I was so skilled at the behind the scenes production that that's what was getting me all the attention and when you drink every day, you start getting problems with that shit because you want to be the guy. <laughs> and, you know, they Storm, he's my mentor, man. Uh, I can't say enough good about him. He uh, he waited. I, I'd say he waited. He didn't realize this, but a year, the day that I made a year sober, he visited my house for the first time. This is somebody that I hadn't seen in years. And he asked me to be creative director of the company again. Nice. And, it was just like it was like the universe was just getting me back to where I knew I was and I fucked it up before and now I'm in a better place so I'm not going to fuck it up now. Right. If if I'm in the room with all these stars, you know, at least at the very least I know that my family's going to eat good. Right. <laughs> it, it, and you're I, in the room. Yeah, Fuck. I, I, man. I don't, you know I don't, how many people aren't in that room? Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't yeah, appreciate yeah. that before. Right. People. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I was <laughs> That shit was you know, so lost mean, to I, me. You know, it's probably before. How old are you, man? Thirty-seven. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're basically my daughter's age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, almost, um, almost yeah. my daughter's age too. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know. But yeah. So I mean, you know, I was living in fucking L.A. in the late '80s, and uh, then I ended up moving to New York. I lived in Chelsea for about a year. Um, yeah. So I mean, I was in the room too, and didn't fucking appreciate it either, man. You know, I was, I was. I was I wanted to be the fucking star, too, but I didn't want to do any of the goddamn work to get there. I just wanted to be there. And I was for a while. And then, you know, then I wasn't. And that's all right, man. Now I'm in fucking my own room. And that's I like it here. <laughs> What's you know, crazy is if, if, sorry to cut you off, but if you look at the blog, if you guys ever go on the blog, just this is uh, I'll send you direct links of just a specific time frame mm -hmm. right after I lost my position in the industry. To when I just moved by myself, I was living in a dark basement. It was just dark days because I went from being at, you know, Sirius XM to being in an empty warehouse filled with rats and queens. And it mm -hmm. was just, it was like a hard pill to swallow. Like, what the fuck just happened? I was just <laughs> on the red carpet at Lincoln Center and now right. I'm sweeping up rat shit. How the mm -hmm. fuck does that happen? And, you know, for a long time, you don't allow yourself to see it. That's why I tell people. Don't I never tell people I'm not going to drink again. I always say I'm not drinking today. Right. And I just say that every day. Yep. The minute I say I'm never going to drink again, that's what every time I've said never, I've always fucked it up. Mm -hmm. So I just take it one day at a time. And if yeah. I take that day and just do everything I possibly can to put myself in a better place tomorrow, then my future's bright. Mm hmm. And that's all it takes, just that decision. And I thought it was rocket science for a long time. Like, yo, how am I going to get all this shit back? No, just stop drinking. That's the first thing you got to do. Stop drinking. Right. Put it down and then fucking do what you got to do to not pick it back up. 
And I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, but just have one drink. You can't just <laughs> tell somebody to do that. Like that's like telling a, a cokehead, yo, just do one line, bro. Just one right. line. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, I've been, you know, I go, I go, I still go out and go see bands and shit and whatever. And, you know, I'll be in a function or whatever, something and I'll be in a bar, you know, and, and uh, somebody will say, hey, man, you want to drink? And I'll just look at the bar and I'll go, they don't have enough. <laughs> and it's true. And it, it shuts them right the fuck up. It, it, People don't know what to think. But, you no. know, well, and the funny thing, too, is that when you just talked about the, the never thing, and I've told this plenty of times so that the short version of it is when somebody said years ago to me they're like I'm like man you, you i was two three years sober whatever it was and I'm like man you really got this thing you know you really got it or got this thing or whatever it was and it as soon as they said it it made me uncomfortable i didn't know why as i thought about it i'm like okay i i can never get this i don't want to get this i want to always be working towards something striving towards something because if i if i in my brain I'm like, okay, I got this shit handled. I got this. I got, I got this, you know, then in my head, I'm not going to want to do it, but I'm going to start slacking off. And sooner or later, I'm going to get drunk again and I'm going to die, you know? Um, but the other thing is that when we first got sober, and this is a cool part about the, the sober living facility that we went through and the, the gentlemen that were around us at that time frame, nobody ever said to us that I can remember that you're, ne you're never going to drink again. What they said was, is we're going to show you why you'll never have to drink again. Mm. You know, and there's a, that's a huge difference in, in words, mm -hmm. fucking, words fucking matter, you know? And if somebody says you can, you can't drink again, that's like, oh, I can't. But if somebody says, I'm going to show you why you won't need to, or why you won't ever have to, or why you won't ever want to, that's a different story. Then they're telling me, we're going to give you a choice. We're going to show you what to do so you can choose not to drink. Nobody's telling you you can't. We're going to show you this, this process that is going to free you from it, basically, you know? And man, that was, that was well, probably now 13 years ago, right, Mike? It had mm -hmm. to have been in the first, yeah. well, probably more Just than about. that. Yeah. First, first couple of months that we were sober, I think that yep. that we heard that, and it was I wasn't even committed to this shit yet, you know, and it and it stuck with me. So it's just a it's a matter of perception, but it's a matter of having listening to the right people and being around the right people to hear the right words, you know. I think that's a huge part, and just giving yourself a chance, right? Like give yourself a chance to be exactly what you wanted to be before you started drinking. Mm. And I, I feel like I've finally realized that now all these things that I'm doing, whether it be, you know, the website, the blog, or, these are things I did as a kid. And once I started performing music and I started drinking and I started getting laid and I started going out, that's when I just for, completely forgot who I was as a person and just became this character that I was playing. Right. And right. It, it wasn't always King Roach. I, you know, I branded myself multiple names over the years. And ever since I, I tried to just develop this persona that was going to make it, that was fearless, that, you know, if I was if I felt invisible as a kid in the church, you know, this guy that I created, he's Superman. This guy gets all the women. This guy, you know, he sings <laughs> all like I, I created that monster. And for the longest time, I, you know, that monster was tormenting me instead of anyone else. Right. So it was just like that was the the master. You know, yeah. I had to be that person. 
And well, I the just cool feel thing like... for me is, you know, this process that I've gone through, now I'm a fucking person that I never thought I could be. It wasn't getting back to anything. I'm a fucking better person than I ever thought I could be. And that's a great thing, man. You right. know, I'm I'm this person that that I couldn't even imagine before, you know, and it's it's way better than anything I ever thought that I and, could and be. And it gets better every day. Yes, yeah. it does. Every and, day, and I, and I think that's a that's a huge message that I mean we heard a lot, and I, I think it's a it's a good thing to you know continue to say is that uh, you know especially for somebody, if anyone out there is is new or new ish, you know, and you're just stumbling along in this fucking garbage, but please listen to something else along with this. <laughs> please don't try to stay sober just with us. <laughs> uh, but on a serious note, though, that everything that that you're doing um if it's hard it's difficult it's impossible or feels like that um you know everyone you'll hear everyone say all the time that it gets better every day and surprisingly it does it doesn't mean that you won't have bad moments or weird days or anything like that but um i i tell you and mike just said the same thing shit does get better you know it does and just the natural endorphins that are released when i accomplish something Feels mm-hmm. better than being drunk ever did. Oh God, yeah, right, right. Like, and to me, that's why I try to. I tell people, success is the small wins every day, and every day I just try to do something, even if I have, like, say, twenty minutes of life left in me before I just crash on the bed. In those twenty minutes, maybe I could jump on AI and do some crazy shit in fifteen minutes that'll make tomorrow even better. So I'm always trying to maximize the value of time. Because I, I don't want to be on this planet to be a fucking slave. I want to be here to spend time with my family. I want to, you know, mm-hmm. live good. Because to me, when I was drunk, the only thing I could see was the bullshit. Right. Because that's all you're in. You're, you're, you're knee deep in bullshit when you drink. I used to wake up every single day and the first thought was, what am I going to fuck up today? Right. Not, right. Now I wake up and it's, what am I going to accomplish today? And right. that switch like you said, language, that change of words makes all the difference because now my life is on the upward as opposed to on a fucking free fall. Right. And you're not and you're not hurting everyone around you, too, either. So, you know, that makes sense. A- and people are being motivated. Like, to, mm-hmm. I, I had at one point lost everyone's respect. I was the top guy for a long time. Then I just crashed. I lost everyone's respect. And now it's like I'm climbing even further than I was before. And now people are just like, holy shit. Maybe I need to start looking at myself the way he looked at himself, which is why I do things like write the blog and and wrote the book. And when I start doing my public speaking and I start speaking on face to face with people on these forums, you know, it's going to change a lot of people. I see what Tony Robbins is doing in these motivational guys. We got that power, too. Right. Mm -hmm. We got that power. Well, and yeah, we've, we've talked about it before. I mean, everything that, that we do in life causes ripples. You know, it's before it was all, you know, all bad ripples and now it's all good ripples. <laughs> you know, when, mostly. when we throw, yeah, mostly <laughs> when, we, <laughs> when we throw a rock in the pond, you know, this time, most of the time our, our ripples hit, hit all positive shit rather than fucking up people's lives anymore. So, right. but, um, so just, just kind of in wrapping up, just for everyone kind of repeat again, what you're doing, uh, I know the website, from what it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, everything that they need to know about you is on the website. But let's do kind of a quick recap of what you're doing, where people can find you, Instagram, your website, that sort of thing. So everything dominattheglobe.com, that's literally the blog, everything GDP TV, 
Uh, you can access the book there. You can access all my social media there at social media. It's at I'm King Roach. Um, yeah, man, I'm going to be doing a lot more podcasts. I got to get back on the air with Button Roach. We've been putting that off for too long. <laughs> I, I just did a podcast last week with my boy from from uh, the West Coast that I haven't spoken to in years. And he was a regular on Button Roach. So he kind of lit a fire under my ass to get back on the air. Nice. So we, we got a lot of things in the works. You know, my, my team right now, everybody's not sober, but I'm sober. And if I'm mm-hmm. leading this, then that's what matters. Right. So to me, everything at dominatetheglobe.com. Awesome. Well, cool. Alex, uh, I mean, seriously, it's been uh, um, I I had no idea because, I mean, all the different things that uh, that you're into. I mean, we never know where a conversation's going to go. We certainly didn't uh, realize that we were going to put Mike to sleep for a few minutes while we were talking about. <laughs> I, didn't think right, I, needed, I needed the nap, man. <laughs> right. I didn't think the we were going to talk about AI tonight, but, uh, you know, fuck <laughs> it. It's, it is what it is. But but seriously, thank you. Um, thanks for your patience and, you know, obviously getting getting to this point. And have you listened to a the end of our episodes yet or no i haven't no okay, i just so- I was, i've listened to a few on spotify <laughs> yeah he's gotcha. uh, he he's giggling a little bit over there mike is because uh alex you and i are going to quiet down mike's going to close us out and then you get to hear how we do that so mike it is your <laughs> turn all right well thanks alex king roach for coming on the sober not mature this week we really appreciate it as always everybody be kind to each other be good to each other do something nice for somebody else this week it's not all about you and now it is that time kids it is time for you to fuck off then keep fucking off keep fucking off till you get to a gate with a sign on it saying you cannot fuck off past here climb over that gate Dream the impossible dream and keep fucking off forever. <laughs> so clearly you haven't heard that before, which is good. Which is good. I like it. So, um, yeah, there's a there's a story behind that. But, uh, yeah, we decided uh, long, long ago Mike was going to end up with fuck off. And then our sister gave it that meme. And, um, yeah, it's it's one of the I was that's yeah, it's one of my favorite parts of the entire this is another, another similarity with what a road show. We end up, we end our show saying we do the fucking. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and it's just literally when it was, I think, it, again, it was like the fourth episode. Mike and I are talking, and I'm like, we got to figure out a way to kind of close this thing out. And he's like, the only thing that comes to mind is telling people to fuck off. Yeah. So we, we did that for months, and then yeah, our sister found that found that meme. So, But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. But seriously, Alex, we appreciate it. Um, you know, I uh, anything, anything you guys, that, uh, that you need, let us know. But um, people, follow him, support him. All of his website information is going to be in the description. We'll also have it on social media. But uh, definitely, again, we appreciate it. So, Mike, I love you, brother, and I'll talk to you soon. I love you, too. All right, Yo, you guys. Thank you, guys. Everyone Thanks, have man. a wonderful night. Bye. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to another episode of Sober, Not Mature. To access all of our content and interact with us, please visit our website, SoberNotMature.com. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you soon.